We've never done a farm before, and we've never done a podcast before. But here we go. <laughs> Welcome to episode two of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Kara. And we are a married couple in the middle of Maine starting a hobby farm. Or I guess, what would you call our farm? More than a hobby. I don't know. Right now we're calling it a wellness farm, but... Hopefully it'll be a non-profit eventually. That's the goal. So we we're, we mainly have uh, ducks, chickens, so we have eggs, and goats. And they kind of act like the landscaping crew. We don't do meat of any kind or dairy. Uh, we're going to be doing vegetables this year. Hopefully if I can keep the ducks out of them. Yeah, that's that's the trick. <laughs> But we, we wanted to go over the basics of starting a farm. And that begins with getting the actual farm. Like right now you don't have a house or you do have a house and you're going to sell it and you're going to move out in the country and actually farm something. Uh, so this is going to be one of Kara's favorites. Uh, it's going to be a real estate episode. Yeah. It's daunting to say the least. And there's more to talk about than would fit in just one episode. So we're just going to talk about finding the place, what kind of place you need, and a little bit about how we found our place. Yep. So square one. Square one, you need to write down what exactly you're looking for, like how many acres you may want. What are your goals, essentially? Do you want animals? Do you just want vegetables? Do you want trees? So it all depends, and then you got to figure out where. That's probably, well, yeah, that's step two. You figure out what you want first, and then where would be second. You're probably going to want to look up cottage laws if you plan on doing farmer's markets and things like that. You want to know about the farmer's market scene. Yeah, for like baked goods or jams, jellies, you can easily fall under cottage laws, at least in Maine. Different states have different laws, so check into that first. For example, some states limit the amount of money that you can make. So you definitely want to look up your local stuff. And then once they've decided where they're going to go and what they want to do. You gotta look at your pricing, right? So you gotta know how much you can pay towards mortgage because it's not just a monthly payment. You need to have a down payment and closing costs. I mean, that's whole, a whole to-do um, in buying a house. Uh, there are a lot of people, and we'll get into this in later episodes, we'll interview people who are not ready to buy a house and just lease land. But that's, you know, another episode that we can go into. But if you're actually looking for a house yourself yeah budget talk to your bank a lender and then you just start looking we i was obsessed with redfin for a long time i find that's better than zillow or realtor.com because once you hire the realtor i say realtor because it's fun it, it's making fun of them, to be honest. Cause yeah, we've... <laughs> they're, they're realtors, but we think it's funny to say, Realtor! We've had such bad experiences with them, so uh, 
again, another story. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're... It, I hate to say that you need one, because... And these times, you probably easier to get one because people don't take you seriously unless you have a agent. Sadly, like the sellers won't. It it makes it very complicated. Because realtors are basically on their way out. They're they're kind of like travel agents. It used to be that you had to go to a travel agent agency to get a an airline ticket. Now you just get your own ticket online. And real estate is kind of similar. You really just need some a responsible party when you're showing a house so that nobody steals from the house. But the problem is most of, say you're a seller and you have your house on the market and you have a showing and you have these people coming in to look at your house, but your agent, your seller's agent, is not actually there at the showing. They never show up. It's just the potential buyers and the buyer's agent. So That's normal. That's the standard. Yeah. For a seller's agent, there's not a whole lot to it. They just send you a request for a showing and then show up to do paperwork, maybe, if you're lucky. So... We would get texts. One of our agents had everything automated, and we would get a text for showing at this time, yes or no. And we would text back yes or no, and we would have to clear out for an hour so they could all look. And to give you an example of how little they plan, uh, there was one guy that came by, and he had said he did not want to look at a cape, and the house we owned at the time was a cape. So he came in, looked at it, and said, this is a cape, and then he left. They could have complete waste of time on yeah. everyone's part everyone's part five seconds of conversation five seconds of actual work whole thing could have been avoided yeah real estate agents are lazy to say the least there might be a few good ones out there but a majority of them the ones we came across which have been a lot um not helpful at whatsoever we've had to be on their case several times about paperwork and getting things done on time and actually getting to a closing so it's a to-do for sure it's yeah it's been the, the problem is we actually we know a little bit more than a typical person that's involved so especially Kara so when they slack she can see it and she busts him on it because it was frustrating because I started off as a real estate paralegal and then when we were in the process of buying our house, it got so frustrating that these people couldn't do their job right. I went out and got my real estate agent license. And uh, Kara asked me at the time, well, what if I don't want to do, do this for a living? What if I end up uh, not a real estate agent after we spend this money to get this okay. certification? And I think it cost us like 500 bucks altogether yeah. Yeah. Uh, to get the certification. I said, babe, if you do this one time and then you, you say, I'm never do, doing this again, I hate it. Basically, we spent 500 bucks instead of thousands yeah, on closing costs for the realtor. because it's Each what, agent takes approximately 2.5% of the purchase price. So, so it's 5% altogether. And the sellers actually pay for it, not the buyers, no matter what they tell you. I mean, it comes out of their, their sale, so. 
Yeah, at the end of the day, on the sheet, it's like, these are your costs. This is what came out of the money that you got for your house. And then they they kind of talk about it as though it doesn't exist. Like, oh, that's just included. Like, no, no, I paid for that. That came yeah. out of, I would have gotten that money. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird occupation, to be honest. Well, they, they don't want to go away. The, the, the way that it used to work is they would actually find the house for you and help you get into it and do all this stuff. Now you find the house yourself on the internet and you tell them you want to look at the house and they schedule it. They don't actually, they're not necessary for a lot of the steps. And you can just get a lawyer to do the, the paperwork for you. I'm sorry, we're recording on our couch and we have dogs in our laps and... Somebody's stinking. Yeah, one of them has hefted an air biscuit and... Kara is making lots of faces right now. In it's a moment, a, it'll get to me. It's but, a lot. Okay, so we'll just... Whew. This is quality <laughs> content, folks. This is, this is real life right now. It's real life. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, real estate agents are on kind of on the way out like travel agents, but they don't want to be on the way out. So if a real estate agent sees you without an agent, they don't want to deal with you. Yeah. They want to protect their existence, so they just don't. It's it's difficult to get them to, to actually interact with you. Especially in Connecticut, they make you sign a waiver, so that's fun. Yeah, that was that was weird. That that's where that lady tried to get me to sign that thing. Yeah. It, something that would make her the, like I was just looking at the house. I was making no commitment, and she wanted me to sign documents that would give her a slice if if the house ever got sold to me or something. I don't remember exactly. But I refused but to sign. And, and no. it was like, no, I, I am not going to sign any documents of any kind today. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So you just got to watch out with, with realtors. Some there are Good ones exist. They're out there. They're out there. But it's, it's difficult to find them. And a lot of the time, when we sold our last house, we had a realtor that is lazy and lets the other realtor do all the hard work. And the... Um, the buyer also had a real estate agent that was lazy and typically lets the other agent do all the work. So you see where this is going. <laughs> and we were just... Another, another problem of it is Kara has all of the knowledge with regard to how this stuff works. And it gets really frustrating for us when she tells the agent something and he doesn't listen and he won't do it. And then I tell him and then suddenly he does it. It was because he was a man, of course. I mean, there are a lot of... I'm used to it working in kitchens, but I didn't think it would happen in other professions, but apparently it does, obviously. So, experienced right off the bat there. And so, I'm having to tell this guy to do geez. something, and as I'm typing the email, I have to ask my wife, what am I asking him for? And this is after I've already asked him to do it, but he ignored me so. and I, I specifically tell people Kara is the decider I I am not this is not my skill set she is the contact point and and then they still do this so another point how we found this house we actually did have to get a real estate agent because we were actually in lockdown in Vermont at the time because it was oh for this house COVID yeah for this farmhouse we, we should set that up. We should. We were in Rhode Island. Uh, I had taken a job in Boston, and we moved to, from 
she's originally from New York and I'm from South Carolina, but we had lived in Maine for a number of years. I took a job in Boston that was going to help us out. We went to Boston. We lived in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and we got overloaded on people. It's like on the border of Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It was insane. It Yeah, we went to the market basket for groceries every week, and we called it the apocalypse basket. And we were like, this is too many people. We're done. And I'm from New York. I was just, it was just too much. Yeah. Was... Rhode Island has too many people in too small a space. Uh, or at least take that with a grain of salt because we went from there to a middle of Maine. So maybe our <laughs> tolerance of crowds has decreased. But we both lived in large cities. So it's weird that we just kind of OD'd. And this is before COVID. So we sold our house in Rhode Island. Just before, like a month before. Yeah. And we were looking in Connecticut because my job has an office there and everything was still physical offices. And then COVID happened and we didn't have a house. We were like, we were just selling our house and we didn't have the new house. The 16 year old pug is in the background coughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't mind that. him. <laughs> Don't mind him. So with lockdown, we wound up stuck in Burlington, Vermont at her parents' place for five months with no new house. And the world turned upside down and, and we can't even enjoy Burlington, Vermont because we're locked down. So it just sucked. And we weren't sure how to look for a house in, under those circumstances. It's We don't want to go anywhere. We don't want to be around anybody. There was no vaccine yet. So. Right. But we couldn't live with my parents forever because let's be honest. Th- nobody wants to live no with their parents. Forever. <laughs> so. We wound up doing the unthinkable. We, we we did a lot more remote than we would have liked. Uh, we, we have looked at many houses. We could tell you many stories. Uh, we've gone through inspections and then refused. Just by looking at pictures, you can tell a lot also. There's a lot of real estate agents like to post pictures that are vague. Or there was one real estate agent who took pictures of a doorknob five different ways. And that tells you something. So, Also, learn what asbestos looks like. Yes. Because sometimes they'll take pictures of the basement or some other place, and you'll be able to tell right from the internet that's asbestos. We found that out the hard way. Yeah. Well, there's some houses we could tell from the ad, and we just never went. And other houses where you go in the basement when you look at it, and you see asbestos everywhere. So we, we were very concerned about buying something from Vermont that's in another state. Uh, the good news is my job went totally remote for me, so we were able to come back to Maine. We didn't have to go to Connecticut. And we wound up finding this place. There, there was a... The reason why we didn't stay in Vermont, because some of you were probably like, why didn't you stay close oh, yeah. to your family, right? Because that would be the optimal option. But... Brian's work needed to have an entity in a specific state, and Maine right. happens to have one out of weirdness. I don't know why, but so here we are. We both liked Maine, so we're like, why don't we just go back to Maine? Yeah, it's a business entity. I'm not entirely sure what it is. It's some kind of accounting thing where once you do business in a state, you have to you have it's to file paperwork. Yeah, it's a tax thing. You have to file taxes there every year. Or some kind of paperwork every year forever. And so they don't want to start it in a state that they haven't done already. So Vermont was unfortunately out. Uh, but but we like Maine. Maine is good. 
but we didn't want to be down in Portland anymore, South Portland. Everything's expensive, and we wanted land because we want to do farming. We also didn't want to be way up. Maine's a huge state, if you folks don't know. Like, I didn't know the first time we moved here. I'm like, all you hear about is Portland. But it's one of the largest states in the country, I believe. Not it's, as many people, obviously, but... Yeah, it's got low population density and a ridiculous number of trees. Yes, it is the pine tree state. Through shenanigans with realtors, uh, there were other places we wanted to look at, but we didn't. Here's a pro tip. Get a realtor that's local to the house you want because they don't like to drive long distances. Yeah, even so, to look at it. Like, we had to do a remote showing, so Zoom, well, Zoom wasn't a huge thing at that time. It was more like FaceTime or something. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah. So the realtor walked through here. She walked through here with us on the phone. The reception was mediocre, of course, but we got to see some things and specific questions we asked. Does it smell funny? Because apparently the people who own this house prior to us were snowbirds. That's the term. Snowbirds, snowbirds. yeah. So they had lived majority... Majority. Their majority of time was in Florida. Yeah, Florida, of course. And then they came out to Maine during summer because Florida's too hot. So they weren't here during winter, so the house was not winterized, if you will. It was for closing the house down, like turning the water off and whatnot. But In their time here, they didn't worry about whether the insulation was good or whether the windows were good. And the water... The water is, like, number one issue of all houses. It will tear a house down. And so. it's hard to, like, how is this house going to perform in very low temperatures? We're in Maine. We just had a, a weather event where it was, like, minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit standard. And then with wind chill, it was minus 40, minus 50 at times. And so the house really got put through its paces. And for us... We were mostly okay. There was one little line behind a dishwasher that was along an exterior wall, and that, that broke, but we were there when it leaked, so we turned the valve off. Other houses, people who weren't in their houses, uh, they come back after a few days, or they have somebody check on the house while they're gone, and I've heard people talk about pipes busting in the second floor and the whole place flooding. Oh, yeah, there was one farmer i know that her whole basement got flooded whoa i mean what what can you do <laughs> so it's inspections are incredibly important and it's hard to even find the right questions to ask so you, you really want to get an inspector that's experienced and nosy not just not just some guy that took a quick test yeah inspectors are hard like good ones are also hard to find you want one specific to the time period of your house like we well i brian kind of had to get into old houses i don't know if you were into them before not so much but i am now <laughs> i'm obsessed with old houses and i refuse to live in anything newer than you know 1920 so <laughs> that being said old houses have a lot of issues but so do new houses because construction's not as as good as it used to be. 
So you want an inspector that knows his stuff. Like we were lucky in our inspectors. They've had old house experience. One was an, uh, some kind of engineer. What kind of engineer? A structural engineer. Structural, right. The one oh, yeah. that's where we learned about frost heaving. Yes, frost heaving, big thing. So the moisture in the ground in the winter freezes and water, all right, I won't get into a chemistry thing. Water, when it's when it freezes, forms a crystal and takes up more space. So that's why pipes burst. Water expands as it freezes. That happens in the ground as well. So the ground lifts up. And then in spring, as it melts, the ground moves down. So if you've built part of your house and you did not dig deep enough to get below the frost line, the ground can literally lift up a part of your house and then lower it in the spring and then lift it in the winter and lower it in the spring. And it's a part of your house that's getting wiggled back and forth over time. That was a house we almost bought in Connecticut and part of it would have come off a the couple years maybe. The inspector said it's it's always going to be in the middle of the night and, and it never happens at a convenient time and part of your house is just going to crack open. And the winter will be in the house <laughs> and it, because of the way the cracks were in the walls. So there's a lot. It just takes one lazy construction crew when they're building something. And that's why I'm very suspicious of flips because you end up people with people doing their own wiring and, the, and instead of an electrician doing it. I, I, I really worry about a flipped house. Didn't Corey say you don't plumbing didn't need to be inspected, but electrical is or. Oh, uh, Plumbing did, but electrical didn't. Oh. Because in the state of Maine, they're more worried about water right. than so. they are about electricity. So the electrical inspections are not as strict. Which is crazy because it could cause a fire and you could lose everything, which has happened to a lot of people. But the, the fires are more rare than the water damage. So instead of taking both things seriously, the squeaky wheel got the grease and, and they were really they already cracked down on the plumbing. It's just crazy. But the, but the point is, when you're looking at a house, we looked at one house uh, also in Connecticut where the basement ceiling was painted black. Now, why, why would they do that? Why would they paint the ceiling black in the basement? It's to cover up... Fire. Fire damage, mold. Water. Water damage. That's yeah. So you don't see it. Any number of things. We didn't even think about it until the inspector pointed out. We're like, huh. So getting a good inspector is... Key. It's key. Um, like, if you can even find one before you buy the house and try to persuade them to come with you on a showing, that would be beneficial, I would say. We've actually been to showings where somebody brought a, a relative that's a construction worker, and we, like, kind of low-key stalked them through the house, trying, yeah. to, <laughs> trying to stay within earshot to hear what that guy would say, yeah. like whether things are up to code. It's yeah. beneficial. Yeah. It's like an old car. You know, some things are ugly, but they're structurally fine. And other things may not look bad, but they're really dangerous. And it's, you got to get an eye for it. But if you're a brand new person that's never bought a house before, it's, you could really get into trouble. And you're, you could end up with a mortgage that's, you're barely paying the mortgage. And then when something breaks, you got to pay for that. And where's that money going to come from? Right. So you really have to think about the expenses. No, with this house in Maine, where we live now, it was the perfect time. The interest rates were real low, and things had not gone crazy yet. But right after we bought this house, the housing the housing prices 
skyrocketed and a lot of corporations and investors bought up a bunch of single family homes and are trying to rent them out. So it's the inventory of homes for, for sale versus rent has changed. Yeah, the inventory is not good. So, and the interest is terrible. It's just now is not a good time. I know sometimes you don't get to choose the time you need to buy a house or move or whatnot. But we got very lucky for once because a lot of times we don't have much luck. But for this house, it was it took a lot of work to get it to where we need it and it still needs every house will always need work there's always a list but for what it is it wasn't terrible it, the ironic thing is when we sell a house because we have to move to another state we spend all of our time fixing it up because we want to live in it and when you fix a house up to sell it you do the bare minimum you end up with the cheap cabinets and cheap countertops and cheap everything and, but when you want to live there, you're looking for things that could break or cause water damage. or And we end up paying a lot of money to seal up things that nobody would see in a showing. But they're much, much safer than they would have been. Yeah. <laughs> we make it functional, not pretty, I guess. Although I try to make it pretty. Yeah, but we're we're the people that find the like we were, this house we repointed the basement, which means we paid a guy to go down to the basement and fill all the gaps with concrete and make sure that nothing was rotted away and, and that everything was solid. And so basically he did that, used a whole bunch of concrete, made the basement more structurally sound, made it more difficult for mice to get in in the winter, which up here is a problem because we're out in the country and all the wildlife is cold and they want to get into the, the warm place. So they're looking for ways to get in. Uh, but I'm convinced that we, we got through these cold snap a lot better because we had repointed the basement and sealed it up. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced that it made a difference. I, I don't know how much, but yeah, it probably protected some pipes. Uh, one of our customers, uh, some of his pipes froze. They did not break luckily. And he found a place where, the workers had gotten lazy and there was a hole in the wall that let outside air in and they had just stuffed a rag in it and it was behind this bookshelf. And so he got down there and he could feel where the cold was coming from. And they, they told me, they told me that it was like pulling a, a rag out of a magician's pocket. It just was never ending. And then he spray foamed it and he was fine after that, but it could have done some damage. Oh, yeah. So when you, when you're looking at a new house, you really want to be extremely picky and don't, don't fall in love with it and think you have to have it. There was one house I was absolutely in love with, but it, just thinking back now, it would not have worked. This was in Connecticut again. We spent a lot of time looking in Connecticut because that's where we thought we'd end up. And it was an old farmhouse, but the kitchen was so small. Everything was so small. Like, there's only two of us and then the dogs, but... I guess we have a lot of stuff. I don't know. We're not hoarders or anything, but I like furniture. And you find these antique -y stuff because there's so many good antique stores in Maine. You made it sound like we have stuff stacked to the ceiling. Yeah, I know. We don't. Sorry, we don't. It's very spacious and laid out nicely. I can some pictures on my Instagram, but we're not that those people. But the point being... When we were in Rhode Island, we were in a tiny house, not like one of the 
new tiny houses that are just a smaller it house. Was just, it was what was it? It was like oh, thousand or something. Thousand square feet, and then a a basement that we store things in. So a majority of our stuff is my kitchen stuff. I'll admit that is. So I needed a big kitchen. It had to be separate from the house, which is hard to find now because everything's open concept. But if you look at older houses, it's a little harder to do open concept. So that was the main point why we got this house. Plus it had 6.9 acres. Yeah, plenty. Now a lot of it is woods, but... Which isn't great. A, a, a certain but, amount of it is cleared. If you get a house that's already a farm it's you're probably hearing some snoring we have a pug puppy we're boring her so she fell asleep boring you. she's like 80 she's technically a puggle she's 80 percent pug so she looks like a little pug but uh she's you might be hearing her snoring the for this place if you if you get a, a property that already is a farm it already has buildings it already Which, has a barn if it's already a farm and used as a farm, it will be more expensive. Yeah. Just point that out. If you have the money, go for it. But if you don't, you will have to build it from scratch like we did. And there's... So when you're looking at the property, you want to look at how is it laid out? Can you put a building here and still have room for a truck to get back down there and, and do tree removal if, if that's what you need? Or just... Plan out what you're going to do and think about where you would put buildings if you're going to have animals. Because we added uh, several buildings. Well, and we only added two buildings. Did we? Yeah. It was just two? Yeah. This one already had... This one, this house that we found already had one, two, three, three. three buildings already included. So that was, no, four because the Ark, my little farm shop. So that was the main benefit of this house that already had some outbuildings for miscellaneous but they were just snowbirds they weren't using it as a farm right and so they weren't like they're just sheds that you buy from home depot or shed companies in the area so and the two that we added we got from an actual mini barn place and those are much better quality and we actually did a foundation underneath not a foundation but like a, a gravel pad a pad so it would not sink like some of the other houses our duck house is a little weary because uh it's basically up on rocks it's on rocks and it's got two beams underneath so obviously we're gonna have to deal with that and my farm shop which i call the arc is kind of lopsided again we're gonna have to put a real foundation down as soon as we have money for it which so always I don't know. Always think about what you're going to have to do, and and realtors will dismiss everything. Like, oh, is there carpet everywhere? That's awful. Oh, you can pull that right up. No, you can't. That's not. That's not. You don't just don't just grab the corner of the carpet and give it a good yank, and then the carpet's gone. That's not. That doesn't happen. Yeah, I've tried it. No. Oh yeah, no. she. We we took the carpet out of two rooms, and. The people who did the carpet were terrified that the carpet was going to come to Three life and rooms. run away. I did. Three? The downstairs and two rooms upstairs yeah. so far. So far. There's still carpet everywhere. But there's like, you could actually use the term staples per square inch. Yes. 
they they stapled so much. It's like who did this? Who? Not a professional carpet person. There is only <laughs> one good floor in his office now. The flooring is like those nice farm wide board floors that I could actually make nice again. They're not perfect, obviously, but better but the room we call Finia's room which is one of our dogs that she loves to lay it's our, in there. It's our guest room but she yeah. goes in there and nobody else does. They ruined it with all the carpet and the flooring was so bad I had to figure out how to lay down vinyl flooring for the first time which it's not pretty but it does the trick Well because now. it's an old house and there's no right angles and the floors are not straight. So yeah. you'd have to have a professional. You have to be expert. You need a contractor. House. Yeah, you need a contractor that's familiar with this kind of thing that has is accustomed to dealing with things that are not straight. Yeah. But think about that stuff. It, it's going to cost money and it's going to cost time. And if you're working a job like Kara does, most of the farm work here because I got to log in forty hours a week. You know, it, for me to go out there and do, you know, cut trees down and stuff. We bought a wood chipper. We haven't used it because I don't have the time to go out there and spend all day chipping wood. So it's it's just think about how much time you're going to actually have in real life, not not in the fantasy, but in real life, and how much money you're going to have to hire contractors. And before you think, well, I can just do that myself, well, do you have the skill set? If you don't, you're going to do it wrong, and is that okay? YouTube is helpful, but it won't teach you all the things. Right. Like I, I built our front gate, and it works, and it's fine, but it's twice as heavy as it should be, and I'm not entirely happy with it, uh, I, I, but I will not touch the house. I, I will build things outside. I will not build structures. I'll build gates and things like that, but I'm not going to – I'll get a professional to do anything that requires real carpentry. I try my hand, but I'm not great, and I have a bad hand to begin with, but so – well, you have to, it's money and time to learn the skill. Yeah. I'm more of a baker. I'm a kitchen person, so that's where my skill set lays. Right. Lies. Lies. So yeah. if you if you get a place that's mostly woods, keep in mind that you're going to have to fence that out every year as you go, and the fence costs money. We'll do a fencing episode at some point. And you're going to have to cut a lot of trees down, and tree removal is very expensive. Oh, another thing to look for depending which state you are. For Maine, uh, there are obviously a lot of water issues, especially during mud season, which is like the fifth season in Maine, they say. Um, it's between winter and spring where everything turns to mud. And if your house is in a valley, there will be flooding. There will be so many issues, especially if you have animals, if your animal houses are and a valley so we got lucky where our house is not it's more on top and then it goes down we're, we're kind of on a level-ish shelf and then the property slopes downward and shelves off a couple places and the places where it levels out become like you're walking on the grass and it's like a waterbed yeah there are a couple of houses when the ground is so wet and you have specific animals like goats or horses or cows that can cause hoof rot or 
just bad things to their feet. So you gotta look out for that too. You gotta watch out for your animals, really. Of course, we have so many ducks; they make everything muddy anyway. But yeah, the 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 gist of it is because of the slope in our land, the water goes away from the house and away from our buildings. So we don't have as much trouble as other people. It's just it's just the snow. The snow melts, and the ground can only accept it so fast. Yeah. So everything's muddy. And eventually we're going to have to get a big French drain down the property to redirect it and, and help. But if if you're in a property where it looks kind of flat, well, take a closer look. Is there a slope? Where does the slope go? Where's where's the water going to go? Yeah. And this is our first time. Well, I grew up on a well septic, but I don't remember it as a child. I remember not being able to flush while you're taking a shower, but they've come a long way since then, I guess. But Yeah, we're on well and septic now. <laughs> so that's another thing to look into, and, and each town is different. you got to get to know your town. We're in this really small one, Windsor, so there's not a whole lot here. There's one general store, and that's about it. <laughs> you're you're going to balance, like, I had to have good internet, to, for my job, I had to have a, a good internet connection. So we're not as far out in the boonies as we kind of wanted. Yes. But our neighbors are to, close, but they're not close, close. But they're, they're not right up on us. They're closer than I would have liked, but it could have been a lot worse. Like in Rhode Island, you could hear your next door neighbor when you're in your house. So it's not yeah. that bad. But. This is the kind of thing where we see each other and we could wave. But we would have to walk over there to talk to them. Yeah. So that's it's not bad. We could see each other if we want to, but we're not in each other's way. Right. Uh, but if you wanted a place where you're 200 feet back from the road, you're going to have a terrible internet connection. It's going to be really spotty. Or if you're further up north, or a lot of people have bad internet, like more. We're near Augusta, which is the capital of Maine. Yep. So. It makes it a little easier. And we're on a we're on one of the main roads, so yeah. to speak. So we get we don't get power outages like a lot of people do. Not so, so think about it if you if you can check, see what the power is like in the winter during and when there's storms and stuff and see if the power goes out all the time. Well another big thing, when you're looking at the house, around the house, make sure there are no big trees on the house basically like plants or trees are bad for your foundation no matter how pretty they may be do not have them they will ruin your roof they ruin your foundation they will ruin your pipes all the things so and the worst part of it is some idiot will plant a tree right next to their house and they live in that house for 10 20 years and they're fine right and then when they sell the house the buyer now has a grown tree that is going to start putting those roots underneath the house. Roots go far. We had to deal with some roots at our old house in Bath. That was a nightmare because it went through the sewer line. Yeah. We were in public sewer and it... We had to replace it. We had to replace it and it's expensive. So another thing to look out for. Yeah. And, and also look for trees that are just physically too close to the house and whether they're alive or dead. If you have a tree that's dead or dying and it's just, which way is that tree going to fall probably? Yeah. Could it reach the house? Could it land on the house? 
We have two trees near our house in the back that are big. We got them one trimmed. It's expensive. Like getting tree removal, even trimming trees is super expensive, but we're lucky that those trees are really healthy. Until the goats are eating them and then it's going to be a problem, but we'll have to do a <laughs> whole episode on the goats yes. because basically if the goats eat the bark off of the tree, that's the tree's like circulatory system. So if they go all the way around the tree and get rid of the bark, they've basically cut off the blood supply, so to speak, to the rest of the tree. Yeah, we it's, have a couple of those we'll have to get down this yeah. spring. But. but they're trees. It's not like they're going to drop right now. They take some time, but but they're definitely on the list for removal now. Yeah. Um, but the two big ones behind the house are okay. And and I'll probably end up putting – You can there's fence you can buy – like or just chicken wire or something, just yeah, wrap wrap the tree, and then the goat can't chew the yeah. bark off. Oh, but my point, um, yeah, the tree limbs can fall on the roof, hurt the roof, and critters can climb on those limbs and get into your attic and create havoc. So there are many issues with trees and stuff near the house. So yeah, and it's always more difficult to get bushes and trees pulled up. Like if somebody says, oh, you can just get a landscaper to pull those up. It, it's not simple. No, there's one bush in front of our house because I'm trying to make it all gravel so there's no rodent issue. And there's one, I've been digging at it since we moved in and I just, I can't, I can't. So we're probably going to have to hire an excavator to <laughs> yeah. yank it out. <laughs> it's, it's deep. So there's that. So stuff to look into and look for. And this is just a primer. We're going to go into detail and there, there's going to be more episodes on real estate. Yes. Uh, and, and once we publish these and people start listening, um, we might, we'll, we'll start responding. People will start asking yeah. questions and then we'll. If you ever have questions, just email me info at anchormefarm.com or send me a message through Instagram, Facebook. Be happy to answer anything and everything if I can. If I can't, I can find a source to help. So we got connections some somewhat. <laughs> I guess the, the, the best advice is don't don't, don't jump into anything. Don't jump into anything. <laughs> yes. There are uh, so many reasons why you should walk away from a house. We've walked away from a few, which it's scary and heartbreaking, but sometimes it's for the best. Mm -hmm. And this one was a risk. We got lucky. It was. It was a huge risk because we basically bought it sight unseen, which is the scariest thing you could ever, ever do. And I do not recommend it because if you want a heart attack, that will happen. Yeah. Luckily, we, we, we'd we already gone through the process when we had the inspection. We did come here for the inspection. Yes. But you're already into the process by then. And if we walked away after the inspection and went looking for another house, we would have been caught in those skyrocketing housing prices. Yeah. So if this house hadn't worked out, we would be crushed under an incredibly large mortgage. And, and you can still walk away after inspection. The inspection is expensive and crazy, but it's better than being stuck with something that you can't handle because we, we've done that too. So we went through two inspections that we walked away from because they were just so bad. Right. And then, and then, of course, after those inspections, we kind of got savvy to it, and we would walk through a house and go, ah, oh, nope, to, to the point where we're walking through, and then Kara just points at the ceiling, and I look up, and she's pointing at water damage. I'm like, ah. Yeah. And then we're done with this place. 
so. Because if that's, it depends on what part of the house. There's a whole thing. Uh, we should we should wrap it up because we're at we're over 45 minutes. Wow, we've been really going. Wow, sorry people. I hope you're enjoying something and not listening to the snoring behind the scenes. In our defense, <laughs> we've never done this before, and after we start getting feedback from the audience we'll be able to trim things down and, and streamline stuff. And He likes to talk, though, so I don't know about that. I, I, uh, I am a talker. <laughs> and I'm trying to get her to talk more, but that's going to have to develop over time as well. I'll try. We'll see. We'll talk about goats, and then you'll, yes. then you'll talk. All right. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Thank you. You can find us at Anchor Me Farm on social media. Yep. And we got a TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. And the website. Yes. So we will see you next week. Thank you.